what is going on? You are on the sidelines with the sideline guys. You already know what it is. It's your favorite host, your favorite neighborhood mediator, your boy Dwayne. I am in the building and I am joined by a bevy of people on today with a very special guest who I will very much introduce. Actually, you know, it's, it's it, we, we gentlemen on this thing. You know what I'm saying? We kind of got men. So you know what? Let's just get right into it and let's introduce the guest <laughs> first because, you know, she's a lady and she's joining us. And actually, ladies first. Ladies first, right? Yes. Wait, is this is she the first female we've had on the show? I, I think I think she is the first female to join us. Nice. Oh my god! Nice. That's what I, nice. said. I just realized that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Normally, we're joined by like a bevy of like macho men in here, you know, that talk sports. But I believe you're the first woman that we have on the show. So this That's is awesome. Be, this is awesome. First. Thank you. I'm honored. Yes, this is amazing. This makes the show that much more special now. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, if you are not familiar with our special guest, our woman of the crew right now, well, allow me to introduce someone who is very, very, very entrepreneurial. She is an NBA reporter. She has done some things with ESPN. She's done some things with Fox Sports, but she is independent, y'all. She is doing this stuff on her own and let me tell you you just want to check her out believe me trust me she's been killing it with interviews after interviews after interviews i mean i could go all day i mean interviews with most recently to name Dwayne wade she's done some with kendrick perkins jamal murray i mean the list goes on there are tons derrick rose i mean guys there's so many interviews so many nba names i could give you guys and we'll actually let Miss Ashley Neville tell you all about herself. So without further ado, I want to introduce to y'all the NBA reporter herself, Miss Ashley Neville. How you doing? I'm doing great. That was quite the intro. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yes, they say they say I'm the man with the intros around here. You know what I mean? They say I'm known for that. So you know, you bring make... the energy. I feel yeah. it. I'm awake now. I don't even need to talk. I feel good. <laughs> that's what we do. You know, that's how we do it right here on sideline, guys. You know what I mean? That's so, but uh, yes, how are you feeling? Like, what's what's going on in in your world right now? I'm in Miami. I'm feeling good. A little tired. Yeah. Um, there's some runs going on out here and some workouts. So I wanted to come check it out and I never been out here for workouts or runs. I've always wanted to. So I'm here with Stanley Remy. I'm sure you guys have heard of the Remy runs, um, at the Miami perimeter. So he just opened up this beautiful new facility. Um, it's still in the process of being completed, but for the, you know, the courts finished, the workout areas finished. It's absolutely beautiful. Miami colors, the pink, the blue, um, it definitely has, you know, just like a, a nice feel to it. So, you know, I flew in yesterday, went straight to the gym. I got to watch, you know, John Wall, Andre Drummond play some, some pickup and it's been, it's been fun. I got to watch some workouts today as well. Um, a couple NBA guys, a, um, potential lottery pick also too. I didn't really post anything cause I want to still run some of the video by them first, but, mm -hmm. um, I, I got some video, I just networked and it was just something I wanted to do. Cause like all these guys I meet on Instagram and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fly out. I'm going to, you know, I feel like boots on the ground. You kind of, um, you, you just network better that way as opposed to just DMing people. And when you're actually put yourself in a situation where you can meet them face to face to me, it's just something, um, better. So it's been awesome. And I'm excited to see who he has tomorrow and Friday. And then I think maybe next week I'll be in LA. So I'm just going to kind of hop around a little bit. 
Yeah. Hey. Yes, that's hey. what I'm talking about. Going and then going from one beautiful, lovely city to another, as the great Stephen A. likes to say. I mean, come on now, that's the best of both worlds. From Miami yep. to LA. And you know it's so funny. I still laugh at how the basketball gods managed to give us an NBA finals both in two cities where we couldn't even really go visit them. Literally. I know. Who would have thought of all years to see a Miami and LA finals? It happens in a pandemic, people. Happened no. at Disney. 2020, man. It would have been, it would have been crazy. Like it would have just been insane. Awesome. I mean, I, I think, I think for our own good, it's maybe a good thing that it didn't happen. Cause I think it would have been so crazy, especially in LA. Like, mm-hmm. um, but I, I'm just happy that we were able to get through the playoffs. We were able to get through the bubble without anyone getting COVID. Um, you know, that was truly a remarkable yeah. feat that I think Adam Silver was able to do. So um, I'm really happy we were able to get it done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so before we actually get more into Miss Neville and, and what she does as an NBA reporter, allow me to introduce the rest of the panel because I know you guys are like, well, wait, hold on. Where's our introductions, guys? So well, no, don't worry. I'm getting to you, fellas. I ain't oh, man, I'm cool. I, I slide in there. We good. Don't worry so, about it. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just go at a random order here. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna actually start with a guest who's actually new to the sideline guys, actually. So I'm gonna go with my boy, Sam from Courtside Conference. We got him in the house right now what's representing up, up? the basketball heads out there. Sam, how you doing, <laughs> sir? Welcome to Sideline Guys. I'm doing good. Feels good to be here. Yes, welcome. Wait to finally uh, get a chance to join y'all. Yes, man, it's a great It's great to have you on. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, we brought a nice basketball panel for this show, you know, so this is basketball. Yes, here. Start, you know, on Sideline Guys, we try to get the both, best of both worlds. We give them a little NBA, a little NSL, <laughs> some MLB, but today is all NBA talk, y'all. So it, I'm sorry if anybody's expecting some NFL. <laughs> Listen, we, we yeah, COVID's pretty much shutting that down this week. Yeah, so yeah, you know matter. what I'm saying. <laughs> much about basketball, like, so, so. Sorry, not sorry, but it nonetheless. No foosball today. <laughs> <laughs> basketball, so, baby. Basketball, baby. And speaking of which, here's another familiar that we've had on the show as well. Welcome back to this guy. He is very charismatic like your boy right here. You already know. Ladies and gentlemen, from the I Got Next podcast, my boy, the one, the only, the mustache messiah, Wes. What's happening, <laughs> sir? What's up? What's going on, y'all? Yeah, welcome to the show, my friend. How you feeling, brother? Feeling great. Back in it again. Yes, Miss sir. Ashley, how you doing? Great. <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> you already know. You already know. And of course, can't forget the man who pretty much is usually behind the scenes, but y'all already know him as a sideline guy's anchor. I call him, you know, the anti-cowboy loving, the uh, Celtic pride wearing. Go ahead. Yes, I know sir. you can oh, show that Celtic bad. off all the yeah, time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Tatum, Tatum jersey in the back. Oh, you no. already know. That he is a true Celtic to heart, to die. And, of course, oh, yeah. he's a Philadelphia Eagle where he flies high. So, nonetheless, my man. We're not flying high this year. It don't even okay. matter. Okay. Look, we <laughs> grounded. So it's okay. It's all Celtics, baby. <laughs> Stick with the Celtics energy. You good. You know what I mean? The Great note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Derek Myers, sir, how you feeling? I'm great, bro. I'm great, man. How y'all been? Great, man. I mean, yes, like sir. I said, just been anticipated. Just great for uh, energetic week, you know what I'm saying? And just having this special guest that we have on today. So without further ado, let's get into some basketball talk, y'all. And let's let's talk with Miss Ashley Neville, you know what I'm saying? And let, let's 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 get uh let's get your thoughts as we've been hearing these talks about the NBA season 
and well, you know, what they're planning to do. And there's been talks. I even saw a little something earlier today where it's like it's a vote going in where they're talking about either Christmas or MLK Day. So, Miss Ashley, as an NBA reporter, what, what are your thoughts? What do you think based off how this season played out and how it came to an unfortunate halt? Then it was able to start back up and we just, you know, wrapped up a finals, which feels so weird. But nonetheless, with it being, you know, now possibly resetting and trying to get back on track. What are your thoughts on uh, this upcoming NBA season and when it should start? Well, I would love for it to start on Christmas because that was always a tradition growing up is watching all the Christmas Day games. I mean, who doesn't love that? You're with your family. There's nothing else open. There's nothing else really on TV except like Home Alone and a Christmas story. It's like. I want to watch the NBA, uh, you know, the NBA matchups, and they're always the best. Um, so I'm hoping they can get that restarted. Um, you know, I think I was reading December 22nd to maybe start, you know, those games um, and then have it for Christmas Day. But the one thing that I'm just a little concerned about is, you know, we they did so well in the bubble, you know, keeping players isolated in one area. No one contracted any virus and um, it ended up working very well for them. And then we're seeing the NFL, however, and the MLB and other, you know, other um, leagues not take that same route. And then mm -hmm. we see every week there's a player that can't play and they're not just like, you know, player like second string players. These are starters who are going to be making an impact in the game. So I'm kind of looking at it like, all right, if we stay here, you know, players are staying at their home, you know, everything's back to normal, either with or without fans. Do we still trust the players enough to stay home and to not go out and about? I don't sure. think so, because the NFL players clearly are getting this, getting COVID because they're going out and they're not following protocol, whether they say that they are or not, like, come on, we know you guys are out and about. I mean, I know that when everything shut down in March or April, I'm not going to name names, but there were a ton of people that were out in Arizona having house parties, not social distancing, not wearing masks, no gloves. So, I mean, th th this is what's going on. So, you know, NBA players can say, oh, you know, wear a mask, but are they really all following the same rule? Like, are they following the rules? Probably not. They just say it to say it because it's the right thing to say and the right thing to do. But we know that they're human, just like all of us. And we can say that, oh, I wear a mask and I follow. I don't, I mean, I, I don't follow the protocol all the time like I should. And I should be better about it. I admit it, but I'm human. Um, it gets, you know, you want to be around people. You want to see your friends. Like you want to have a normal lifestyle. Like this is just unprecedented times. And I hate saying that word, but it's just something that we're not used to because like, especially our generation, like. We, I mean, yeah, we like to be on social media, but at least for me, I like to be out and I like to do things and be around friends and um, go to events and do things. So I don't, I just don't see a scenario that won't make players have to stay inside their homes um, and not leave. But like, are they really going to listen? I mean, they should because an NBA player, they're living in nice conditions. I mean, you're living in a mansion, like stay in the house do your job, do what you're told to do. Um, but I just don't know how it's going to, how it's going to work um, doing it the way the NFL is doing it because it's clearly not working. So um, Adam Silver has a lot to figure out within the next couple of weeks for sure. Do you know if they are um, planning on doing bubbles, like multiple bubbles for quadrants? I don't know anything like that. Um, I don't even know if that would make sense. 
you know, to have bubbles in multiple states. I mean, there might be um, <clears throat> what I could see is like having hotels, you know, mm -hmm. strictly for teams to rent out the entire hotel um, for the whole season um, where that is just strictly for teams, um, whether whoever's coming into town to make sure that there's not other people cross-contaminating going in and out of these hotels. Um, that'd be the only logical thing that I can think of without having to bubble, but they would have to be on curfews where like when you do go to these cities, you have mm -hmm. to be on a strict curfew or you can't be leaving um, to go anywhere except going to get like Uber Eats or something like that. Um, that'd be the only thing I can think of that would work. And then they take buses to and from the arena or the workout facility. Um, but then what about the players that are playing at home? Like, what are they going right. to do? Right. How are, how are we going to make sure that they're following protocol? Are we going to assign, you know, a security guard to each house and make sure that like they're, you know, we're going to put an ankle monitor, make sure that they're staying in their house and then take <laughs> it off when they leave. Like, yeah. no, we're not going to do that either. So I just, I, I don't have a lot of faith in people listening to the rules so and i and no i don't want to see a christmas a christmas day game where lebron's not playing because he has COVID, or jimmy butler you know or you know any of these guys like that would suck you know yeah. you don't want to watch any of these games without a star player um so and i don't know if they're going to bring in fans even at like you know 10 percent, 15 percent capacity like i don't know how that's gonna work um, I mean, then again, they come in through different entrances. There's a way to, to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't know. I'm not really hearing anything because I don't even think the NBA really knows yet. I yeah. think they're, they're still trying to figure out like what's the best way to do this logistically, like where mm -hmm. no one gets sick and no one gets hurt. So I, I think the best play, I mean, yeah, the bubble I think was awesome. Um, I just know what, what a detriment it was to a lot of people mentally um, being stuck in there for so many months. And I know that they have a job to do, but that's tough for anyone. You know, even me thinking about having to be stuck somewhere for three, four months, um, even if I am making millions of dollars and blah, blah, blah. Um, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we're all selfish because we're like, yeah, we want to watch basketball. Like, mm -hmm. just do your job, you know, but we also have to see the human element and like, that's really hard to be away from your family and your friends and your normal lifestyle every day. Like we knew what that was like when the, when the lockdown hit mm -hmm. and it's like, damn, like imagine them having to basically go through another lockdown where, yeah, I mean, they're playing the sport that they love and they're enjoying it, but like they don't have the, the luxury to just be with their family, hug their loved ones, you know, go out to dinner with their, at the, with their family at a fa at their favorite restaurant. Like, go grab a drink at their favorite bar, like go meet up with, you know, grandma, you know, just so, you know, those like little things that like we take for granted every day, like they weren't able to do for so many months. So I, I kind of try to look at both sides, like, yeah, as much as we want the entertainment, what is, you know, the best um, objective here for the players and for the product? Because again, like we don't want these players to get sick. We don't want fans to get sick, um, but we do want to, we need sports back. Like we need the economy back. We need, um, you know, with every, with all, when all else fails, we turn to sports. That's mm -hmm. our form of entertainment. It's our form of getting away from actual real life things. So um, I think they're going to need to figure out something, but I think the most logical thing that makes sense in my head is like, they can play in their arenas, but they need to make sure they're following strict protocols. And if someone gets tested positive for COVID, like 
I mean, you don't want to punish them, but like, to me, it's like, you're being negligent, you know? Yeah. And then you also can't tell their family, like, is their family going to quarantine? Like, what if, the, you know, his one of their wives mm. or girlfriends goes out to go get groceries yeah. and she comes back and contract, contracted the virus, you know, yeah. then, then, yeah. okay. He didn't, you know, he didn't leave the house, but his, his wife or his girlfriend or his mom or whatever, she gave it, gave him the virus. So mm. there's a lot of moving pieces. It's, it's hard because you don't really know what, like, how this virus really works i mean we're how many months into this pandemic so to speak and we don't even understand um what it's about i mean some people have fever some people have coughs some people have no symptoms but they have it and it's like it doesn't make sense um a lot of stuff to me with this whole thing just is like very like scratch i just scratch my head a lot i'm just like what what is even going on anymore but again like we do need to take it seriously um to a certain extent um and just follow protocols as much as possible but i think the only logical thing is like they can't go back to a bubble they can't do that um they, they can't do that i mean it just we need to try to normal get back to a normal life um and whether or not that's bringing maybe you know a couple fans in um or family to be able to come watch the games and whatnot um i think you know i think slowly but surely things will start to get back to normal but i think their best bet like i said is having a, a specific hotel for the nba where every you know away team comes to that hotel they're locked up they're quarantined in that hotel um they're only allowed to take buses you know nice buses to and from the arena they're not allowed to go out anywhere they're strictly quarantined there should be security 24 7. um and then i think the same thing with players like if they the home players if they have to like they should assign a security to each home i mean that's what 12 12 to 15 homes i mean they have the money for it that'd be cheaper than getting a whole bubble Get some security, Great. you know, get Great. some security just to kind of be outside, to kind of just be outside the home, patrol, just make sure that they're not leaving. I mean, I know it sucks and it's like, oh, why are we doing this to grown adults? But, you know, the NFL is not following it. I mean, these guys are going out, clearly, yeah. or yeah. someone's contracting, mm -hmm. you know, giving them the virus. So I know I'm kind of going on and on, but that's, that's kind of what I see <laughs> um, is the best solution. Yeah, I've seen um, one suggest somebody said like regional bubbles or something like that during the season. Like in playing series like baseball does. So like if you're in um New York or whatever, you play the Nets and Nets both your well, like two or four times each, um, all while you're there and then you just head out and do that same thing. Like you might be in the Midwest, you play the Bulls and Pacers and a couple of their teams and so forth and so forth. That would make sense too, <laughs> so that you're not traveling so much. You know, mm -hmm. so you kind of are in one isolated area getting all those games out. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind it at all. I mean, Doing I it all by region. I, yeah, I mean, that, that actually sounds like a good plan, too. Yeah. I'd be all for that. And it'd probably be cost effective. Definitely. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. I was going to say, I truly think any type of bubble situation would probably be like the last, the last thing that they want to do because of yeah. a financial, not only the stress on the players, but I know the bubble cost them a billion dollars, you know what I'm saying? And that wasn't even a full season, so... You're doing a yeah. full season. They're already projected to lose like $4 billion this year off the ticket sales. So, I mean, I know that's the last thing they want to do. But I think, you know, what Sam said, obviously, if they had to, would probably be their best bet. Do a bunch of regions. You know what I mean? Region bubbles. You just do everybody in your in your uh, division. Not region. Keep saying region. Everybody in your division, you know, make it actually meaningful because nobody fucking cares about the divisions, you know. And, you know, I guess you play your whole division out and then I guess you go you know, mix them up division by division, play two and another one or something like that. That'd probably be the only thing I could think of also. Mm, love it. 
Love it. So, I mean, it's it's well said. Uh, again, we're going to be on standby. We're going to, you know, as we're all getting updated, you know, both, uh, you know, personalities, media personalities, we, you know, we're, we're keeping our ears to the streets, keeping our ears to the connects. And uh, we're going to try to, as we get updated, as we find out information, the people that are listening and watching with us right now, you guys will also know, and we'll talk more about it for sure. So, uh, let's continue on with this conversation. Of course, Miss Neville, uh, being an NBA reporter, uh, take us take us down to the journey with your start. Like, what what initially got you into not only becoming an NBA reporter but an independent NBA reporter at that? So doing you know working for yourself and being able to set up your own interviews the way you're doing right now. Like, guide us to that. Like, what what was the process for that like for you? So I went to school at UVA. Um, so everything kind of started there where I took broadcast journalism. Um, and I kind of was filming my own stuff and, you know, um, asking out of the box questions. Cause I was really studying the industry at that time. And I'm just like, these questions are so just like repetitive over and over again. And um, it was just getting to the point where it's like, I don't really know anything about these players. Like I want to know more, you know, I wanted to kind of implement a little bit of what Oprah did um, with getting people to really open up about their life, about their stories. And I felt like I could do that, but in sports. So I just started asking fun questions. You know, I, I went to the NBA Summer League. I would say that was like my first breakthrough. Um, I applied for credentials and said I was working for this company that I worked for in college. I was not still working for that company, but I finessed. You got to finesse a little bit. Um, so I got in and um, I just started networking with people I kind of would see who who like knows what they're doing around here you know okay like who knows like where I can go so I was just kind of asking like all right where can I get this interview like how can I you know coordinate this who's the PR for this team and just kind of started building from there um and I do want to backtrack a little bit I did go to a lot of like sports conferences like career conferences while I was in college um thankfully like I'm the listserv like at your school It'll have like a list, you know, it'll send you emails of like, okay, like we have this going on or this going on. And there was a career fair, or, um, more like a sports conference. It was in Charlotte with this company called TPG Sports Group. Um, and it was a whole panel of, you know, reporters, um, marketers, um, people in scouting. It had, you know, broadcasts. It had like just a whole, just a whole broad scope of the sports industry. So for anyone that was trying to look to break in in any kind of field, um, they had a panel for that. So I went there and of course I like did my research on all the people that were speaking and I met some ESPN people, um, and kind of networked from there. And then I became friends with the people who hosted the, like hosted the conference and they also hosted a coaching clinic. So the coaching clinic happened, I think, you know, once or twice a year. So I was like, Hey, can I intern for you guys? Like I'll fly out, like, you know, just cover my hotel. Like I'll fly. I just want to, you know, network. So I flew out. I started meeting all these NBA coaches and I started meeting, you know, scouts and just different people in the front office. And um, that also kind of helped me like later on in the down the road, um, which is crazy how life works full circle. Cause a lot of those guys are now like head NBA coaches who were assistants and who were, you know, guys in the video room, guys who were, you know, were just kind of like working their way up like me. And like now they're in these positions. So it's been pretty cool, like kind of interviewing them again. And they remember me. You know, they're like, yeah, I remember you interviewing me like, you know, five years ago, whatever. So that was kind of cool. So then once I went to NBA Summer League, I had already kind of been familiar with some of those coaches. 
and like other people in the industry. So I kind of felt a little more comfortable where I was like, oh, hey, like I know you, whatever. And um, I'd also met Amin Al Hassan, who works for ESPN. And he has been, I think, I would say the closest thing to a mentor. Um, and I know he's super busy, so I try not to like bother him too much, but he's been super helpful with my career in terms of, you know, networking with me. I've also flown out to Bristol when um, ESPN headquarters was still there. And um, I spent the day with him, I, you know, a couple days with him, I shadowed him. And that's where I met, um, I met Skip, Stephen A, um, I met Jamel Hill, I met, um, what's his name, Michael, who was her, her co-host of his, yeah. love, yeah, met him, and I loved his and hers, that was a great show, yeah. I'm, I'm still pissed, I'm awesome. still pissed to this day, I'm that was a great hurt. show, I know, I'm still <laughs> mad, I'm still, <laughs> that was a great show, that was one of my favorite shows, I feel like they're, I feel like they're slowly going downhill with all their shows, to be honest, I mean, yeah. that's a story for another day, when his but, and um, most yeah, so, sure. those two, I gotta do something I, in the future together, Oh, I agree for sure. Um, and then that's also where I met Michelle Beadle um, oh. and Cassidy Hubbard. And, you know, yeah, so that's kind of how I started meeting all these, you know, sports people that are in the, on the reporting side. Um, and everything does kind of go full circle because, you know, when I went out to LA a couple of years ago, I am cool with Michelle Beadle. So when she was still on NBA Tonight with Paul Pierce and Chauncey Billups, Jalen Rose and all those guys, um i you know dm'd her i'm like hey i'm in la for you know the lakers Suns, blah 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 like i would love to you know catch up with you she's like yeah come come through to the studio tonight you can sit in and, and watch what we're doing and whatnot so she also let me you know sit in on their meetings and i got to actually be behind the scenes and watch how the whole show is produced i've also gotten to do go to um the jump you know espn the jump Rachel Nichols. So like, I kind of was able to put myself in those situations where um, I, I get to see things behind the scenes, but then I also get to be in front of the camera. So at summer league, um, I started, you know, meeting athletes and, you know, asking them fun questions and they remembered the questions because it was different. It wasn't just like, well, let's talk about the game. It's like, yeah, people are here to talk about the game, but like it's summer league. Like, like yeah, like some guys are depending on it. But the superstars, like, you don't got to ask them all these, like, basic questions. Like, let's have more fun with it. So I was filming stuff on my phone. And the phones weren't, like, that big of a thing yet. It was more like, you know, film it on a camera, upload it to the computer, edit it, you know. Yeah. So me, I was just filming everything raw, you know, posting a caption, boom, posting it to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, like, all the different um, social media channels. And kind of just over time, um, working you know, freelance jobs. I mean, I was doing stuff like for junior colleges, which I hated, but it was, you know, experience. So I was covering JUCO. Um, I also covered, you know, high school and I tapped into some other things. So when I was at summer league, I got another opportunity to work with Adidas summer championships, which was the high school basketball tournament. Um, and that's also where I met. So I met Damian Lillard. He was one of the first guys I interviewed at summer league. And then I saw him again for the Adidas stuff. And me and him, I've, you know, built a good rapport with him. So that's why I've gotten a lot of interviews with him um, while he's in, you know, in town for playing against Phoenix. You know, um, he's let me, you know, come to their shoot arounds to get interviews with him, um, even though I didn't really have like the access yet. Um, he made it happen for me. So it's just over time, like building that trust with those players and just showing like, hey, like I'm on your side. And that's another thing with working with a lot of these companies is like, you know, we see a lot of these people tend to sell their souls. You know, they tend to burn bridges with athletes because they want a paycheck. And as much as, yeah, like, you know, the athletes aren't paying my paycheck. So I also got to look out for myself too. 
Um, it's also important for me to be able to maintain those relationships with these guys because without the relationships, you don't have product. And um, I love what I do. I would never want to burn that bridge. But a lot of different companies I've worked for, you know, would just try to get me to report on certain stories that I don't want to report on where it's like personal stuff. And I'm just like, I don't want to get involved in their personal life. Like I know what it's like for someone to attack me and attack my personal life. Like I don't want to be involved with that. So um, I just started enjoying really building my own thing. And like we talked about earlier, the pandemic really helped. um, And I hate to use that as like, you know, a way to succeed. But again, you have two options, either sit on your ass and do nothing um, and come out of this pandemic the same as you were before you went into it, or you could come out better and improve and um, figure out what you want to do with your life. And that's why I started using Zoom and I was started just reaching out to different players. You know, I was active on Twitter when uh, the, um, the Jordan documentary was out yeah. and that helped me gain some followers. Um, so I started talking, you know, a little bit with like John Moran and Kendrick Perkins. And those are some of the guys that I got on my show. Um, also I reached out to Charles Barkley. I had his number in my phone and I didn't even know if it was his number or not, but I'd had it for years and I never hit him up. So I was like, fuck it. I got nothing to lose. Let's text him right now. So I'm like, Hey Charles, I, I was, I'm a, you know, media member in Phoenix. I saw that you just did, you know, some interviews. I would love to get you on my show for, you know, a zoom call. Like, let me know when you're available. And he hit me up like a couple days later. And at first I was like, this can't be Charles, but kind of how he spoke in the text. I was like, okay, it sounds like an older, it's an older guy for sure. Just how he, how he texted. I can tell it's an older guy. So I was like, this could be Charles. Like this is probably him. So we scheduled it. We were on the zoom. Um, I was actually pretty nervous for that one. Cause I'm like, that's a, that's a hall of famer right there. Like that's a big one. So that's a big Uh, one. And um, he was a great interview and we, you know, had a great conversation. And then just kind of from there, it's the domino effect of, you know, just, you know, players, you know, going to my page, seeing that, okay, she's legit. Like, she's not just like, you know, some random person wanting an interview. Like she's built up, you know, over the years. I mean, it's just, it's been a lot working for different companies, you know, Fox, like I said, Fox Sports, ESPNU, other freelance uh, channels, like on like uh, on Instagram, you know, there's a lot of just Instagram companies who have a ton of followers who I'll do collaborations with and who I'll work with. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I always found it more rewarding kind of doing my own thing because a lot of these companies will try to kind of screw you on money. And mm-hmm. I know we talked about that a little bit before we started is, you know, I wanted to try to see if I can sell the Dwayne Wade interview um, to make some money or at least like have a sponsor to collab. And some of these offers were just like so outrageous where I was like, you don't respect me. Mm-hmm. And you clearly don't respect the caliber of player Dwayne Wade is if you're offering me this kind of money. Right. Um, so I had to, I basically burned two bridges because they didn't like my answer, yeah. which also has me wondering, is it, I feel like if I was a guy in that position, they would have been a little bit more um, willing to work with the person. But I think because I'm a female, they were like, oh, she's trying to hustle me. And it's like, no, it's not hustle. It's I, I just know the value of my work. For sure. Um, and I'm not going to let anyone try to downplay that. So there's been a lot of situations like that with me where these companies think that they could just get um, all my work for, you know, the bare minimum. And it's just like at this point where it's like, no, like I don't have time for that anymore. So yeah. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and it's working. Um, you know, I'm getting the access that I want and it's just been 
um, honestly a blessing. Like it just, you know, it's taken a lot of confidence, a lot of work to get to this point of, you know, being, you know, comfortable in front of the camera, even I'm comfortable with my questions, keeping conversations going, um, networking, building my brand. Um, there's still a lot more that I feel like that I can get better at, but as you guys know, is that when you're a one man band, like it's, it's pretty tough, um, doing everything on your own, but you know, even if I don't get all the interviews I want, at least I'm networking and at least I'm, you know, kind of just trying to stay consistent in any way possible. Um, but that's the thing with me is I'm never going to stop working. So my biggest advice that that's really kind of helped me build in my career is network. Number one, network, network, network. If you can go somewhere and put yourself in a position to succeed at a conference or at a game or doing Zoom interviews or meeting someone for coffee or doing whatever you can. Um, meeting people is by, by far the easiest way to break into the industry is, you know, knowing someone um, and then just being confident in what you do and not accepting less than you deserve. And I mean, I understand when you're just getting started, you know, you got to take the internship and you got to work for free sometimes, but you get to a point in your career where you just know, like, I can't be settling for, for pennies anymore. You know, I can't be settling for this anymore. You just got to keep building. And so for me, like the Dwayne Wade interview um, was so special to me. And one company wanted to like really take it over and like have their logo on it, have me act as if I'm working for the company and have me, you know, just do this intro and wear, the sh wear a t-shirt that said their company name on it. And it's like, I thought about it. I'm like, first of all, for the price that you're offering, like, absolutely fucking not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, that's insane that you even yeah. think I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, second of all, like, I don't work for you. You know, I'm a freelancer. I'm doing work for you, but I don't work for you. There's a big difference. Exactly. So, so there was just some things where I was like, you know what? It's like, to me, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Like this, this interview was so special to me that like, I'm going to take full ownership of it. Um, with my logo, my questions, no one else, you know, helped me get this interview. Um, he's almost nearly an impossible interview to get. I mean, you can count on your hand, your, your fingers, the number of times he's done interviews after he's retired, which yeah. is maybe like five or less. So the exclusivity, um, and then just, you know, my relationship with him. Um, I'm really happy and blessed that he, you know, came on my show and gave me the time, um, to interview him. It was really a special moment. Um, both being from Chicago too, um, even more special. So yeah, just you just know that you should never have to settle for less than you deserve. So that's the one thing that I could take away from all of this is don't settle. Love it. Love don't it. settle. Love it. Tell us. Uh, I'm opening the floor for you guys as well. I don't want to. I know I play host and mediator here. But <laughs> feel free to continue to ask this Neville any questions that come to you, fellas' mind. So, accessible the... question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Who's your favorite player that you sat down with, or who's your favorite interview that you've done so far? Favorite interview. Hmm. Ooh, See, there's a couple. I mean, there's there's a couple because they all are so different. You know, like Derek Rose, like I freaking love him. Um he's, you know, like Chicago. He he was just he was like my hero the way that Michael Jordan was the hero for the kids in the eighties and the seventies. Yes. I'm a nineties baby. So I didn't really yeah. truly get to enjoy Jordan as much yeah. as I could have. Mm -hmm. So Derek Rose was kind of that next guy up where I was like, wow, like this is, you know, like I watch every bulls game. Like I watched literally every game. Like I revolve my schedule 
People be like, yo, you're trying to go out? Like, no, I'm staying home, I'm cooking, and I'm watching the basketball game. Like, that's all I'm doing. So (laughs) I would say Derek, uh, I'm still trying to line something up with him, so stay tuned for that. Um, But I, you know, I just interviewed him with my phone, and no one was even, it's crazy that some of these media outlets have access to these, um, to like their their workouts, or not their workouts, but they call like a shoot around. Mm-hmm. And like no one was there. No one was at that at the one with yeah. I think he was on the Timberwolves. No, none of the local media was here. And I'm like, y'all have access to shoot arounds. And like, I get that. That's the thing though is that they're they're working for these companies that oh they don't need a Derrick Rose interview for what? So I'm yeah. like, but for me, for my brand, I want to cover everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna utilize that. Like, I'm gonna freaking go, um, even if I'm being paid for it or not. Like, that's still a great interview. Um, so I went there, got an interview one-on-one with him. And like, you could just tell, like, he was so happy to talk about, like, for, first off, I was like, I'm from Chicago. So automatically he's like, oh, word. Like, you know, he got excited to talk to me. And then when you're talking about Chicago and you could just see like the brightness in his eyes, he was so excited to talk about Chicago and like the fans and like how much we all loved him and we still root for him. And um, just talking about his growth and, um just his elevation of the in, in the game, you know, that was probably one of my favorites. And I was also so freaking nervous. Like, I don't get nervous really, but I was like shaking and I'm like, Ashley, hold it together. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but I would say Derek um, is probably one of my, my favorites just because of, you know, how much I, you know, appreciate him as a player and as a person. Um, and then Dwayne Wade. It's the second time I interviewed him. The first time was on his farewell tour. It was in a scrum setting. Um, his last time in Phoenix, actually, and it was the first time I ever met him, interviewed him, and I took over the interview. So, you know, in a scrum setting, it's like everyone's asking questions. I kind of felt out the energy, and I let the, everyone else ask two questions, and then the rest is history. I started rattling off. It was just me and him <laughs> having a conversation. I wouldn't let anyone else get a word in. I'm like, y'all have been out here interviewing this man mm-hmm. for his whole career. Let me have my moment. Yeah. It took. Yeah. So I took it and um, I interviewed him and I asked, you know, great questions just about playing LeBron for the last time because he was going to go to LA that weekend and um, asking him about Derrick Rose as well, because I know Dwayne Wade suffered a lot of could have been career ending injuries. Um, And I know that he dealt with a lot mentally in his career that could have set him back a lot too. So I kind of tied the two and two together about D Rose watching how he's playing now and coming back from that injury. So that interview was Chicago too. Yeah, exactly. So both from Chicago. Um, so that interview, I think, you know, also established a good rapport with, with D Wade. I posted it. He followed me. He's like, yo, your questions, like were so awesome. So on point, like I really enjoyed your interview. And then just from there, we just kind of kept in touch. And then I reached out to him and I've just been kind of bothering it. I bother people until you give me an actual no. Yeah. I'm going to keep DMing you until you say yes or until you just literally tell me to shut the fuck up, leave me alone. <laughs> um, I will not leave you alone. Um, so I was able to finally schedule an interview with him. And this time, I don't know if you guys watched the interview, but at the beginning, he was like, at first, I want to say, like, we've come such a long way from you being in the hallway interviewing me, yeah. and now you're in your own studio. Yeah. Um, so when he said that, I was, it was just, it was in, almost like an enlightening moment for me, because sometimes you get so lost in the process that you don't, like, realize the, the yeah. big things that you're doing. 
and you're still kind of like comparing like oh but I'm not here oh but it's not this oh but it's not that but it's like wow I would have been I was dreaming of this five years ago to be interviewing Dwayne Wade on my show yeah it wasn't in person but like on zoom in a studio makeup done hair did I have a whole camera crew like you know, I, I would have been dreaming of that. And I, I was able to put that together. And obviously, thanks to, to Dwayne Wade and thanks to the studio out there for um, coming in on such cl- on short notice, because I told them literally the day before, um, because I didn't have a time because you guys know how athletes are they don't, their times, you know, they, they fluctuate, they change, Oh, I could do this or that, but they have so many commitments mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like, you got to be on standby. So if they say, yo, I can only do it at two in the morning, you bet your ass I'm waking up at two in the morning to do that interview, like regardless. So yeah. um, I would say that was probably one of my, my favorites as well, because D Wade, you know, he's retired. He's kind of been there. He's been there, done that. They, mm-hmm. you know, I th- feel like those are the guys that are the most fun to interview because they have so much to talk about. They have such a great, he has such a great life story, you know, mm-hmm. just from where he started, all the trials and tribulations he had to go through throughout his whole life. Um, even while he was playing, you know, a lot yeah. of things that he had to deal with and things that he's discussing now that, that that's going on that I feel like he's making such a big impact on the world, whether people agree or don't agree. I think he's doing the right thing as a parent coming from a place of love. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just so cool to see some of your favorite players off the court and how they how they become, you know, parents and how they are as husbands and how they are just as friends, best friends, just in everyday life. And um, I would say our conversation was just so, just so deep um, and very just thoughtful. So I really enjoyed that one. And then when I do get Derek Rose again, I guarantee you that interview is probably going to be another one of my best because I could just tell the way he's grown mentally as well and seeing him with his family and his uh his I think that his him and his wife got married probably this past year um and I could just see how happy he is with her and to me that's just stuff that I just I want to talk about you know yeah. I just want to just talk about his growth so I know I kind of keep going on and on but I would say no, those two those two really really hit home for me so 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 what I take from that real quick before I let my boy Wes go because I know you're brewing with a question my friend I just couldn't help but take away her two top favorite interviews, not only two Chicago natives right there, but that was a Derek and Dwayne connection. Derek, you see what I did there? I, my I, I, I caught it. With <laughs> you. I caught it right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. my God. Double D, my friend. Double D. All right, Brother West, you look like you had something you wanted to ask, Miss Neville, so go right ahead, my friend. What'd you have for us? Oh, um, well, I just wanted to ask, you know, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but as a as a woman in this in this business in such a male dominated industry, um, what kind of obstacles have you had to overcome, if any? You know, maybe maybe this didn't uh, affect you at all, but I've heard different. You know, I know a couple friends that's uh, involved with the NBA and other sports like that, and you know, I've heard a couple stories on how you know women get treated, especially um, analysts, um, interviewers, people like that, even trainers and stuff like that you know i'm not saying these guys are terrible but you know from the inside what have you had to deal with well i think first and foremost um yeah i mean it's gonna come with the territory where girls are gonna get hit on by guys i mean that's in any industry right i'm not saying it's right or wrong um but you kind of know that going in 
um, what you're dealing with. Because again, like these are guys that are surrounded by men, basically 24 seven, like, you know, they need females in their life. Like I get it. Like if they're human. Um, so I've had to deal with some things like that. Um, but it hasn't been, I guess, like as bad as how other girls maybe experience. Like I've never gotten touched, you know, by inappropriately or anything like that. I've had things said to me. Um, but I think within the past couple of years, it's been, they've been very like respectful just as you keep growing and as you keep, you know, just evolving in the industry, the less and less, I feel like it's really going to happen because they're like, Oh, like we can't say this to her. Cause like, look, yeah. you know, like, look where she is in her career. Now she might say something like, um, but I think that the biggest thing of being a female in this industry is honestly dealing with other females. And I know this is weird, but I've had more success working with men than I have with any females in this industry and girls can act all they want. Oh, woman power. I want to empower women and work with women. Now y'all are just jealous of each other straight up. Yeah, like yeah. it is what yeah. it is. Like, I hate to say it like girl, girls can act like they want to help each other. Um, but in my experience, like it's been the complete opposite um, where I've seen so many women who preach the same thing, treat other women so poorly, whether it's talking behind their back, whether it's, you know, ruining opportunities for them, whether it's telling them they're going to do one thing and then they'll do the other. Um, and I've even seen this with, you know, women, very respected women in this industry um, who I've tried to reach out to for advice or I'll, you know, smile, say hi, introduce myself and they give me the cold shoulder and they're just rude. Um, and it's, it's, it's funny to me because it's like, you know, someone had to help you get to where you are. Um, and I don't know who that was, but I think most women are, will say that a man is the reason why she ended up breaking into the field or getting a position that she has. Um, but there have been some women who, I don't know if they see you as a threat, as competition. Mm. Um, and there can be some guys that feel the same way. Um, but I feel like with women, I think in general, I mean, it, it was funny because I think there's a study out there where it's like women don't really get all dressed up and do all this stuff to look good for men. It's really to like look good for other girls to, you know, to be the baddest chick in the room sort of thing. So um, I'm just saying from my own experience of what I see. Um, and again, like my, most of my connections are men um, who've helped me. So I don't want to bash them and say that they're all bad. Cause I know that there are some bad apples um, like with anything um, mm -hmm. of guys who try to take advantage of their positions of power and try to throw themselves at you. And yeah, I've dealt with a little bit of that before. Um, not recently though. Um, everyone's been pretty respectful. Um, for the most part, I'm trying to think if I could think of any story that I've felt like really, um, I mean, there's maybe been like one time where I wouldn't, I couldn't get an interview with someone because they wanted something in return, but they obviously weren't going to get that in return. And this wasn't even like a big time player. So I'm just mm -hmm. like, I don't even know like why you're acting like that. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, bro, like, trust me. I don't need the interview that bad. Like I'm good on that. Thank you. So there's been stuff like that, but I, I wouldn't say anything like, like serious. Um, like I said, the guy, most of the guys have all been really respectful. Um, even when I see them out, like if there's, you know, a party and we're all there, like they're respectful. They say, Hey, what's up? You know, you need a drink, you good, whatever. Uh, they never try to like take me home. They never like try to do anything weird like that. So um, they, they know the boundary. Um, and, and ever since too, I broke in, you know, getting in with the, with the sons when I was working there and actually going and, you know, get, get, getting to the locker room access and doing all of that. I think the players also kind of saw, okay, you know, she's serious. Like she's like a legitimate 
reporter because when I was first coming up I was kind of like you know what do I do you know just like trying to do you know kind of just learn it as I go on the fly but I think as you get older you start to learn things but yeah I mean if there's there, there will you know I'm sure down the road I'll think of things where I'm like yeah I could have done that better I could have handled that situation different um when that person came at me and I was just like oh like I don't know what to say and I don't want to be rude and then I say something you know rude and then they're like they take you know it's just like things like that um, I, I don't think anyone can really prepare you until you actually go in it. So that's kind of why I think experience is the best teacher. Um, but overall, men have been super helpful. Um, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without these athletes allowing me to interview them when they could be doing anything else. Um, and they let me, you know, take the time out of their day. Some, some of these guys give me an hour, two hours. I mean, telling me, you know, about me- talking to me about their mental health and, and things that are going on in their personal life and I'm getting them to open up about things that I never would have thought they would have wanted to talk about. But, you know, to me, like, I feel like I'm a pretty, I'm a very open book too. So I feel like guys, guys and girls feel comfortable talking to me because I have no, there's no judgment with me. Like, I don't care what you did yesterday. Who are you today? Um, And that's, you know, the biggest thing I like to preach when I talk to these guys, it's like, you know, you could talk to me about anything. There's no filter on here. You could say whatever the hell's on your mind. Um, we can have, you know, real conversations. And most of the time, sometimes they're not even about basketball. Right. Sometimes they're just about life. And that's what I try to go back to Oprah. And what she did so well is you don't need to just talk about the field and someone's in because that doesn't define them. Like basketball doesn't define me. It's a part of me, but it doesn't define me. It doesn't define who I am. I'm still very much into makeup and cooking and fashion, like working out like there's so many other things that I like I like to just literally sit on my sit in my room and do nothing and watch Netflix like there's things like I'm I'm very just typical in the sense of the word I like to get my nails done long I mean you know I'm very girly I'm not a big I don't even know how to play basketball I suck at basketball I was always a cheerleader a dancer that was always my uh you know my field that I enjoyed um I boxed a little bit so I just really like to get these guys to open up. And if it wasn't for these male athletes, I wouldn't have a job. I wouldn't have a product. So I am very, very grateful um, for the men who have been very supportive um, in my career, whether they're just as professionals or my friends. You know, there's a lot of men in this industry that I'm very good friends with who have been super supportive um, and helped me along the way. And then I, you know, always give a shout out to Amin Al Hassan. I mean, he's been one of those guys where if he can help me get in somewhere, he's going to help me. Dwayne Wade, another guy, um, he had his birthday party or it was a, it was a party at a NBA all-star. And I DM'd him last minute and said, Hey, can I get in? He's like, yep, got you on the list. Plus one answered me within five minutes. So there's just, you know, there's certain things where it's like, you know, there's a, there's a respect level where, you know, they, they see it, they see, okay, she's really good at what she does, but she really is passionate. So, um, and Stanley Remy, I'm out here in Miami. I get access to all these guys. He's been very, you know, helpful and I'm very fortunate. Um, So yeah, I mean, men have been awesome. Like overall, I would give men like a 98% rating. I mean, there's the 2% where I'm like, "Eh," you know, but 98% rating on on that one. So yeah, I've been really, really blessed and fortunate. That's amazing to hear. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead go ahead Derek. so with the with the other uh uh interests that you said that that you that you you're into are those um any of those something you think you would want to venture into um maybe post journalism or while you're doing journalism um 
like that's an interesting question. Like I've always been really into um, coaching and mentoring other people, whether it's in business or in sports. I have my coaching program that I do um, where I mentor and coach, you know, just people, it could be students, people in the industry. Um, and, you know, I help them, you know, try to get connected to certain people. So that's something I really like to do coach. A lot of people don't take it seriously though. They don't want to, they don't want to pay for it. They want it for free. And again, like I, yeah. I don't play that game. Like I'm not going to hand you over my whole database of relationships that I, that took me eight to, to 10 uh, years to build. Like that's just not going to happen. So, um, you know, I'm still trying to grow that, but I understand the demographic and sports reporters, like we don't really get paid a lot. So like, I understand a lot of people, um, can't afford it right now, at least in the pandemic, but it, it was really good when I first launched it and then pandemic hit. And of course it took, um, it took a hit too, but I'm really interested in, you know, helping other people. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really enjoy. What I, I think would be also really cool is doing behind the scenes. I have a lot of different show ideas where I think I would love Netflix to pick up some of these shows or, um, Hulu, or I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, players TV. Like I have a different, I have a lot of things that I want to maybe produce um, and be kind of behind the scenes that I think would be kind of cool. Um, when it comes to fashion, I mean, I can cover fashion if I need to, but I'm not really like that. I just find what I like to wear and oh, okay. I wear it. You know, I'm one of those. I mean, I, I, I like it to an extent, but I think some of this stuff, I just saw Gucci came out with these tights that have holes in it for like 120 bucks. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, that's fashion. Like that's fa like, really? So oh, there's certain things that, like, I'm just like, eh, like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. I do like, like the, the beauty industry, I think it's really interesting to me too. Um, I know a lot of girls are tapping into it now because of the Kardashians and whatnot, but I find that kind of fascinating just seeing like, just seeing the transformation that a lot of girls want to make like on their faces and their bodies and as much as people want to talk about it, I think it's yeah. actually like kind of cool. It's like fascinating to me just to kind of like, you know, see it. Um, Cause these girls are beautiful. And I'm, it's just, to me, I'm like, wow. Okay. I see what she did. Like, okay, that, that looks better than what it did. You know, I'm just kind of like noticing it and like just seeing these people confident. So the, yeah, beauty is kind of interesting to me. Um, I love music. I would, I would die without music. Um, so maybe getting into a little bit of like, you know, the music industry, interviewing rappers, I think would be kind of cool too. Um, just to kind of talk about their life story. I don't feel like they do enough of that. I feel like we don't really get to know a lot of those guys personally, right. but it's a whole nother app. It took me this long to tap into the NBA. It's like, how long will it take me to tap into like another field? But mm -hmm. you know, in, in due time, I feel like what's meant to be will be. Um, and who knows, I might be doing something totally different in five, 10 years from now. Yeah. Um, you know, it'd be, it'd be cool to even work hand in hand with certain athletes on their social media stuff and help them, you know, build certain things, help them with certain posts, help them with like whatever they would want. So mm -hmm. I'm very open to, to, to whatever, but, um, and also, I mean, it'd be really cool to have a full-time job to just sit in bed and watch Netflix all day. I mean, that'd be cool. I get paid to watch Netflix shows. I don't know if there's something out there. I mean, that'd be nice, like, once a week. Yeah. Once a week. Sometimes I need that break. Like, I enjoy watching Netflix. I mean, I can binge watch an entire, you know, an entire um, season of whatever. Like, I'm just I'm one of those, two where I really like to chill um, when I can. I don't have a lot of time to spend and chill, but... Um, when I do have that time, I'm like, I like to be alone. Yeah. I like to be like out and about, but I'm, I'm also a loner at heart too. Like I love my alone time, not talking to anybody, like no disrespect to anyone. It's like, I don't want to answer anyone's calls. Like I don't even want to talk to my own mom. I'm like, mom, 
I need 24 hours to myself. So, <laughs> um, yes. yeah. So that that's basically me. Basketball, and then I like to do a bunch of. I like to work out too. Um, I try to be in the gym uh, a lot. I like to cook. Cooking's really fun for me. It's relaxing. I like to put on music. I'm dancing while I'm cooking, singing. You know. Um, and then I meal prep and stuff. So I always like to cook my meals for the week. Um, I used to do bodybuilding. So I was, a uh, not like really? the big body, big, I oh, didn't do buff. Okay. I didn't do the buff one. It was the, the bikini one. So it's like, okay. you're skinny. I was tiny, very tiny. Um, and I competed. I did that for about two years. So that took a lot of discipline and I had to eat like strict meal plans. I had, you know, a strict diet to follow. Um, and then, you know, you go on stage in a bikini, kind of like flex your muscles, do a whole little routine. And, um, yeah, it was a very, um, in Arizona, it's pretty big out there. So when you go to like these like warmer areas, you know, everyone's like super fit Mm -hmm. and everyone's eating, you know, vegan and gluten free and like healthy (laughs) lifestyle. And, um, you know, I would go to, I think I went to the gym out there and I didn't even like really know how to lift. It's interesting. I didn't even like know. When I was in high school, I did cheerleading, but I was just running. You know, we didn't really do a lot of lifting. Like, we would do a lot of body weight stuff, but it wasn't, like, you know, lifting, deadlifts, squats, anything yes. like that. But I was running a lot. I loved to run. I would run, like, six miles, and I would just get, like, a runner's high. I would just run. Thank God I'm not into that anymore. I can't even imagine. <laughs> um, like, hell no. Um, but I ran into a trainer, and I was like, you look amazing. I'm like, who, like – who trains you? Like, I know you're a trainer, but like, you know, most trainers have trainers too. Like that's mm-hmm. usually how it works. And, um, she introduced me and she's like, well, I do bodybuilding competitions or whatever. So I got kind of introduced to that industry and, um, I met with the coach and kind of went from there and it was like crazy being on an actual meal plan. Cause I never even knew anything about that life. Cause like, yeah. I'm from Chicago. Like we'd be eating like all sorts of food. Like we got, yeah. we got some great food in Chicago. So, and, and trust me, my, my family liked to eat. Like we were, it was like different food every night, like carry out from different places, barbecue ribs. That was one of my favorites, barbecue ribs, chicken. Um, what else would we eat? Tons of pastas, just heavily loaded stuff. Like, so that was, that was me. And when I got to, you know, when I moved out to Arizona, it just kind of changed. I started getting more into like yoga and meditating and boxing and, kickboxing which I really enjoyed too I I was able to do I was throwing some crazy combos especially with Muay Thai that was fun um yeah no I was actually pretty I was pretty good at it too um I kind of wish I started earlier because as you get older it's a little bit you know it's a little harder but um did that and yeah I mean I've always liked to just try to stay active right now it's been a little hard um to stay with it just because I've been so freaking busy and when I can get the time to go to the gym, I'd rather sleep or like yeah. relax. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I've been. Yeah, it's kind of what I do it's my life every day. So since you're from Chicago, let me ask you this. And I'm pretty sure you've traveled to New York. So which which one is the best, the deep dish or New York slice? <laughs> oh, good question, Derek. <laughs> okay. Wait, okay. wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Before you answer this, you mean the lasagna? You mean lasagna or... <laughs> lasagna or pizza which one's better oh my <laughs> god i'm sorry Go ahead, guys. um believe it or not I, I mean i do like the deep dish but like i do like thin crust now i don't like the big ass slices of thin crust where i have to fold it in half like a napkin and eat it like this and i mean 
I, I like it. Um, I mean, I do like New York pizza. I think the place I went in New York though wasn't as good. I needed to like find someone that lived there that could recommend a better place. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely more of a thin, thin pizza kind of girl. Um, I believe it or not, my mom would always bring home Lumel Nadi's, which is the, the deep dish. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she'd bring it home a lot. Like she still does, even in Arizona because they have it in Arizona now. Um, okay. and she brings it home all the time. And I, you know what? I, I would never eat it when I was younger. I was like, ah, no, nah, I need the thin, I need thin crust. I would never eat the deep dish. She's yeah. like, you're not Chicago. <laughs> like, there's a couple things. If you don't eat, okay, so here's the thing. If you're in Chicago, people get pissed at you if you don't eat deep dish pizza. Mm-hmm. And they get even more pissed at you if you put ketchup on a hot dog. What? Real New York talk. Too, my New York, my grandma, my grandma, my grandma would get pissed. She was like, what kind of Chicagoan are you? Like, you, 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 you don't do ketchup on our hot dogs. I'm like, I do. Like, and What's there's the actually deal with that? A, I don't know. They want you to put mustard, relish, all this other bullshit. I'm like, I like a okay. simple hot dog. Yeah. Ketchup, mustard, done. But it's interesting because there's actually a place in Chicago. I think it's called Gene and Jude's. I don't know if they still do this, but it's a, it's a hot dog place. And I remember they would charge like, no, they wouldn't have, they didn't have ketchup packets there. Like they were like refused. Like they were like, nah, no ketchup and hot dogs. The McDonald's, so the McDonald's next door, we, everyone would flock to McDonald's to get the ketchup packets and they would charge you 50 cents for a fucking ketchup packet. So I was like, they really don't want you with ketchup on your hot dog out here. So wow. um, yeah, it's interesting that you ask. I, I basically did everything unorthodox. I was like, okay. I'm gonna just eat what I wanna eat. Like my parents, my family is all, they were also really big pop, like we call it pop, not soda, but you're yeah. big pop drinkers. Um, a lot of, they would drink Pepsi. I was more of like a Diet Coke girl and it wasn't even like the healthy aspect. Yeah. I was just like, I just like a Diet Coke and yeah. water. And I was never really like a juice, like, they like sugar. I'm telling you, when I say that my parents, like we ate good, we, every drinks were good. Like I was the house people came over and they were going through the pantry, the, the snacks, candy, the food, all the drinks and stuff. And that's also why I really wanted to get out of Chicago and go to Arizona. I'm like, I need to get, I'm, I'm, I'm chubby. I'm like, I need to be on my own and learn how to cook and and lead a healthier lifestyle because I cannot live like this. I, yeah. It got to a point where I just, I was like, that was one of the reasons too why I left. But minus the, the weather, I wanted to go somewhere warm, but it was food. I'm like, I need to be somewhere healthy where I don't feel tempted every time my mom comes home with food. And like, I was grateful that, you know, I was able to have that, you know, growing up. But again, it was just like, it was like enough is enough. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't need all of this. Like, I just want, I just want very simple. I'm simple. Chicken, rice, vegetables. Yeah. Done. Like, that's, that's really all I need. That's all you need. Put a little flavor yep. to it when you want. You yep. Know, mix it up different days. Yeah. <laughs> or a subway sandwich. Or a subway sandwich. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Or Chipotle. Or Chipotle. Chipotle. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very simple. I'm oh, really, I'm very, very simple. A Chipotle girl. Okay. Yes. Who? Okay. Come on. Who doesn't love Chipotle? <laughs> I, I think Moe's is a little Chipotle. bit better. Yeah, I've always been a Moe. What is it? Moe's. I think Moe's is just a little yeah. bit better. I've never been. I don't think we have that. Welcome to Moe's. Yeah, yeah. Must just be a, that must just be a Georgia thing, though. Do we? I don't think we have that. Wow. No, we have a really good. We have a really good sandwich place called Chiba Hut, and all their uh, their sandwiches are named after like weed. It's like something's called Chronic, and like 
Yeah, all their sandwiches are named after. Yeah, I'm and their sandwiches. I'm telling, I'm telling you, their sandwiches. Their sand. You could tell that people made those sandwiches when they were high because like yeah, these no. are some good shit. That's funny. These are good. The combinations, the sauce, like it's it's a good place. So yeah, we have our little specialty things in Arizona, um, for sure. But it sure doesn't beat like Chicago food by any means. Yeah. But I guess to answer your question, to make a short story long. I would probably take New York pizza over Chicago pizza. So don't tell anybody. I said that. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I know. Hello, Chicago. I'm horrible. If, you, if Chicago natives, if you're listening, hey, listen, it is what it is, man. Look, it is what it is. It's coming from a native Chicagoan. I mean, look. I'll man. eat it, though. Like, yeah. I'll eat it, but I'm more thin crust. I don't like to we eat all, a fork. I don't like to eat a, like a pizza with a fork. And we all like that. lasagna. We all like yeah. lasagna, but you know, it's come on, it's okay. Yeah. Not in pizza form. <laughs> we all like lasagna. Not in pizza form. <laughs> Not exactly. No. <laughs> Man, hey, sorry guys. I'm sorry to cut out so early. I've got to go clock in. I'm already late, but I could not miss this interview. Ashley, thank you so much for your time. Of Hopefully course. we can connect again. Um, yes. More basketball, you know what I'm saying? Uh, guys, thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Yes. Thank you for sure. joining us, my friend. Take care, Peace my out. brother. <laughs> Always. And so, Miss um, Ashley, again, um, we, we would just like to thank you. I mean, Sam, Derek, if you guys have anything else uh, before we get ready to wrap things up with Miss um, Ashley. I think I have one question. So, so you did a lot of your networking solo and meeting the players with like your own work ethic and stuff, right? You and so. Mm-hmm. So what would your advice be to somebody looking to do the same thing? I mean, just going to events. Um, so like look for different um, career opportunities, like that are career fairs, like hop I think now they're doing a lot of stuff virtual where you can like go into these Zoom meetings and meet people. LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn is also so like people underestimate LinkedIn, um, but I've met so many people off of LinkedIn with networking and getting job opportunities. So I would say LinkedIn's a big one too, because a, a lot of people have LinkedIn. so there's a little secret. So when there are certain companies, like I want to figure out like who's the president of this company or who's like the producer or the director, da, 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 da. I'll just oh. simply go on LinkedIn and I'll type in director um, Atlanta Hawks or um, NBC sports producer. It'll give me a whole list of all the people who work for NBC sports. <laughs> give me a whole list of everyone who works for CBS. Yeah, this is my, these are my little secret. This is what I teach in my, in my coaching programs that people don't want to pay for. Mm. But I, I, I give them, mm. I give them a whole, like, I have a whole rundown of how I go about applying to jobs, reaching out to people, um, sending my work to the right person, like how I kind of go about like figuring out people's emails. Like I have a whole system for that, like cracking email codes. Like that's always fun. Takes hours. Yeah. But um, (laughs) I've gotten quicker at it. I've really gotten quicker at it. I don't hack into any systems or anything like that. I just figure out people's emails and I just plug in name and first name, last name, and I figure out how to email them. Um, So that's kind of been something that I do as well. so I would say like those kinds of things, like reach out to people on LinkedIn, like network, um, DM people, send people your things. Um, you, you can never go wrong with the networking, but like LinkedIn too, huge. Um, and then just trying, I, I know a lot of like places are also hiring like for just freelance, even if they're not like paying opportunities, they could still get, some of them can still have credentials. 
you know, like there's still a lot of company. I mean, there's some companies I know, like in LA, one of my, some of my friends worked for a place it's called courtside radio. Um, I know that they're like, they're owned like on their own. They don't, they're not like really owned by like NBC or anything like that. Like they have their own little show, kind of like what you guys have. Um, and it's called courtside radio. I know they rent out like a studio space to have a show like once or twice a week. And then they were able to get credentialed to Clippers. I, they, I don't know if the Lakers allowed it, but the Clippers were pretty much like very open. Um, and the Clippers are actually like, they, they were really open with me too um, when I was there in LA. Uh, but a lot of those teams are the PR people with the, a lot of the teams in the NBA already know who I am. So I don't really like have to like say I'm affiliated with people, even though I am affiliated with certain companies. I don't really have to say it anymore. But um, I would try to find like local stations or local um whether it's like clutch points SB Nation um just places like that that you can like do stuff for free but just to get access get a credential for either the, the zoom calls or when things start to open back up for the shoot arounds like those are just things that like I did um and yeah like I didn't get a ton of money off of that stuff but I got the access I needed and then I built the relationships that I needed to do what I'm doing right now so mm-hmm. um it all kind of you know came full circle and it all kind of works hand in hand, you know, it's kind of one step to this step to this step. Um, so I would say those are my biggest pieces right there. Love it. Love I just it. forgot to buy this uh, coaching class. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, likewise, we're going to have to listen. It's all, yeah, it, it's fun. It's fun. Cause it's like, I kind of figure out like there's a whole, you have to apply for it. So there's like a whole list of questions. It kind of asks, and I like to get it personal to you. So, you know, there's people I was working with last year, some, um, wanted to get better on camera and their on camera presence. Some like don't even have like anything on their social media, but they have access to a studio and a camera because they're working in local news. And I'm like, I'm like, well, you, I'm like, here's our goal for you this week. I want you to do this on your day off. I know you want to be home, but on your day off, go into the studio, uh, take some time to film something, write up a whole thing about whatever. She ended up doing a piece on Kobe Bryant. They had asked her to do it. She actually did very well. Um, so I was really happy to see that. I was like, girl, like you got the, you got the resources. Yeah. Like a lot of people just need that little push. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Just, just get started. Like yeah. I didn't, I don't, sometimes I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. Honestly. Yeah. Like I just wake up in the morning. I have an idea. Boom. All right. Let's execute. All right. Let's DM this person. Da, 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 da. Like, yeah. Oh, I have this great idea. Like, yo, can I call you? Yeah. Call me. Boom. Phone call. Hey, how can we get this, this, this idea to come into life. Like, so that's kind of what the coaching does is where, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that were like me where I didn't really, I mean, I had mentors, but I didn't really have anyone that kind of like showed me the ropes. Like, Hey, is this okay to do? Is this okay to do? Like, can I do this? Like, how do I respond to this? So it's, it's been a, you know, I've kind of put my journey into the write up of how I coach and kind of teach. I kind of be that person that I wish that I had had those couple years ago. Yes. And kind of help guide over the years of like certain things. And it's all catered to the person and what they want to do. So if someone wants to work in Philly or if someone wants to work in Detroit or someone wants to work in LA or whatever, like I have a big enough network where I can at least get you a couple emails and I can help you maybe construct the email and then send it off to the right person. So um, that's kind of what I do too. But again, a lot of people end up, canceling or they can't like you know do the three month you know minimum because they can't they don't want to pay for it and i'm just like you know i'm sorry but you know i have i'm busy i'm doing a lot of stuff like i can't be like you know giving you access to my database and doing all this stuff for you for free like 
you know? So again, like I do want to help, but you know, I'm not at a point in my life where I could just do everything for free. Like I would have no time for myself. I would have no, I wouldn't be able to survive. So um, it's rewarding though. Like I really enjoy it because it's like, I'm doing more to help someone else and not just me. And I'm helping them with, you know, get, you know, access or connections that they need. So yeah, that's another element to what I do. Very, very, very informal, very connected. And I mean, just, all around just grinding. And I know personally, uh, you know, this is an off air conversation. Sorry to my people on the sideline gags, but you know, this this is definitely an inspiration for myself and of course my panel here, because uh, as someone who has also been in your shoes, who's actually following these footsteps and, and, and mm-hmm. like I said, this is an off air conversation, but legit to be able to hear what you're doing on the NBA side is definitely inspiring to what I've been able to do uh, in the professional wrestling industry so far with how I've been building connects and networking and, and creating major interviews in a short amount of time of just starting mm-hmm. this. So uh, and for platforms such as this one with the OTS and just continuing to build this brand. Uh, so, you know, again, Miss Ashley Neville, we want to thank you so much uh, for just, you know, opening up to us, you know, uh, sharing a bit and pulling back the curtain of the life of an NBA reporter an independent indie NBA reporter at that, you know, doing things on your own uh, and just building bridges. And, and of course, just sharing things like, you know, hey, what's a deep dish or, you know, flat style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for just taking the time. Like I said, you have been very informal. You have been an awesome inspiration to, uh, like I said, my brother Sam here representing Courtside Conference. My brother yeah. was representing I Got Next. These are basketball heavy, great podcast shows under the OTS network that are out here killing it. And I'm pretty sure now because of your inspiration and what we have been able to talk with you about, they're just going to continue to just build their brands and build the shows to continue to just elevate as myself and Derek are doing right here with the sideline guys and other shows under this OTS brand. So Miss Neville, again, uh, real quick, tell the people that are listening, where can they find Miss Ashley Neville? And of course, sign up for this very class that you were just uh, giving us a little sample of right there. Yeah, so they can either go to ashleyneville.com um, or they could just go to my Instagram, Twitter at Ashley Neville. I have a Facebook, LinkedIn, basically just my name, A-S-H-L-E-Y-N-E-V-E-L. Yes, love it, love it. So guys, ladies and gentlemen, you already know, it's about that time. We always say this, all good things must come to an unfortunate <laughs> end. And as you know, with the sideline guys, this is exactly how we do. So real quick, uh, Sam and Derek, please let the people know where they can find you. Sam, I want to start with you because, again, you're one of our newer guests to join us. So we thank you as well for coming on and joining us and being yes, able to sir. get some inspiration and get some knowledge to put and bring to Courtside Conference. Tell the people where they can find you. Oh, to find me on Twitter, find me burn up the timeline any time of the day at, <laughs> at um at s underscore scott zero nineteen, and you can follow the courtside conference um page on Twitter also at c underscore conference pod. You can hit me on there, add me any time of the day, and let me get back to you. Yes, yes, and of so, course, check out courtside conference, which is also right here under the OTS brand. All you got to do, most likely, if you follow this very show, 
Apple, I know for sure. Uh, Spotify, possibly. Spotify, I'm sure they yeah. do some recommendations as well. But if you if you follow any of the OTS shows, chances are we're all linked together because we're all under this very brand. So if you follow this show, you'll look, you'll see. Hey, also you should go check out Courtside Conference. Check out Life's a Box. Check out all of these dope shows that are under this very brand. So by all means, don't forget to check that out. And Mr. Derek Myers, we can't forget you, sir. Tell the people where they can follow you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, at Derek underscore OTS, that's D-E-R-R-I-C-K. Um, but I would prefer you follow the OTS page. You don't, yeah. you don't even need to follow me if you don't want to. At <laughs> OTS guys on every social media platform. Uh, also follow us on, on uh, subscribe to our channel on YouTube. We're, we're getting close to being able to get that custom URL. So I'm like, that's what I'm excited about. <laughs> less, less, less than 40 more we're, subscribers. We're almost there, man. We're URL, almost there. Baby. Yeah. We're yeah, getting so. there one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Hopefully by the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but definitely. I agree. I yeah. Agree, so. For sure. And, yeah. At OTS guys everywhere. Yes. And of course, don't forget, speaking of OTS guys, if you want to know more about who OTS is, maybe you're somebody new listening or watching. Maybe maybe you watch this because you know, maybe you're one of Ashley Neville's followers and you're probably like, well, hey, Ashley's on the show. I'm going to check this out. So first and foremost, hey, how you doing? I probably should have said this earlier. Thank you for joining us as well. So, you know, if you're here in support of Miss Ashley Neville, thank you for taking the time to listen to this very interview and check out this very show. So I just want to say again, like Derek here, check us out right here. On YouTube, you already know we're going to post content pretty much every day, if not every other day. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. It's going to keep you updated on a lot of exclusive YouTube shows we have, along with shows like this that are also broadcasted through audio and video. Make sure you check out all things OTS. If you want to know about us, check out the website, www.otsguys.com. You'll see our bios. You'll see every bit about who we are, what shows we host what we're about, what we cover, all that good stuff, along with some of our top interviews all across the board, including this very interview with Ashley Neville. You never know what you're going to come across on the OTS Guys website, so be sure you check that out. Audio articles, articles, all that good stuff. So without further ado, I can't forget your boy. You already know where to follow your boy, at Dwayne Dickey Jr. That is my hosting page. If you guys are into music as well, yeah, I kind of happen to be an artist, too, in my side time. So, I mean, go ahead and just follow me at Highlight Life, H-I-L-I-T-E Life, Twitter and Instagram, if you like all that good stuff as well. But nonetheless, this is pretty much where we get ready to hit the sidelines now because uh, it's officially time out. So, uh, until the next time, guys, <laughs> we'll catch y'all next time, all right? We're going to be out of here. Peace.